Hello, everyone. Welcome to Minghui Radio, bringing you podcasts of stories relating to the persecution of Falun Gong in China, insights and experiences gained by practitioners during the course of their cultivation, special items of interest, and music composed and performed by Dafa practitioners. The following is an experience-sharing article from the 20th China Fahui, entitled Wrongful Indictment Against Two Falun Dafa Practitioners Dismissed by a Falun Dafa Practitioner in China. The article was published on the Minghui website on November 13, 2023. One day, two fellow practitioners named Jia and Ying came to see me at work. They had been notified by the local procuratorate that they had been indicted. They were relatively new practitioners, and this was the first time they'd faced persecution. They were scared and didn't know what to do at first, but they soon calmed down and reminded themselves that they hadn't done anything wrong by practicing Dafa, and that it's the communist regime that's wrong for persecuting good people. I told them the old forces are behind the persecution. They are not only persecuting Dafa disciples, but the police and prosecutors are also victims. I didn't want to say too much while I was still at work, so I agreed to meet at Jia's house later. After work, I took the bus over there, and when I arrived, I was stunned. It had been several years since I'd been there, and there had been a lot of construction since then. The area had changed so much that I didn't recognize anything. For our own safety, we hadn't exchanged phone numbers, so I couldn't call her for directions. Lost, I wandered for over twenty minutes before I found her neighborhood, but I still wasn't sure which building she lived in, so I asked Master for help. Then I saw a light go on in one of the units, so I took it as a hint and headed toward that building. Once on the correct floor, I saw a Dafa poster on one of the doors and knew that I had found her place. Jia showed me the incident. She told me that both of them had been caught on camera handing out Dafa materials. From the perspective of cultivation, she believed it was because she had conflicts with Ying, and neither was able to look within, so the old forces used that as an excuse to persecute them. They didn't answer any questions when the police interrogated them. Their children went to the police station every day to seek their release, and the police let them go after a few weeks of detention. A few months later, however, the police turned their case over to the procuratorate, hoping to obtain a prison sentence. Part 1 preparing a letter to the prosecutor. We decided to write letters to the prosecutor, urging him to dismiss the indictment. Meanwhile, I also asked Jia and Ying to talk to the police officer and the prosecutor in charge of their case in person. They weren't able to get an appointment with the prosecutor due to lingering pandemic restrictions, but they did meet with the police and clarify the facts to them. I visited a practitioner-run legal assistance website and found a template for writing letters to the prosecutor. Once I finished my letter, I thought we should mail it out immediately, but to my surprise, both Jia and Ying had some concerns and they didn't feel comfortable mailing it. They said I shouldn't have written anything about quitting the Chinese Communist Party, which might cause the prosecutor to react negatively. They said I should just write about Falun Dafa and the illegality of the persecution. I shared with them that counteracting the persecution wasn't the only reason we wrote the letter, and that we wanted the officials to understand the facts and quit the CCP. That was our true purpose. We talked about this over the course of several days, but Ying was troubled by a strong fear and couldn't make the decision to mail the letter. 
I suggested that both of them watch the video of Master's Lecture to the Australian practitioners, as I found that it's been very helpful to me when my cultivation state wasn't good. After all, we are cultivators of Dafa, and we must follow the Fa in order to walk a righteous path. I also looked within and wondered why Jia and Ng didn't agree with me about the letter. Did I harbor the intention of validating myself or showing off? I thought it over. In principle, the letter was published on Minghui.org, so it shouldn't have major issues. Maybe this was an opportunity to get rid of my attachment to doing things, and I needed to be more patient and understanding. While I wasn't facing the persecution myself, since I was now involved, I had to work well with Jia and Ng to achieve a good result. When I met with them again, Ng agreed to mail the letter, and she regretted that it had taken her an entire month to do it. She said she watched Master's lecture to Australian practitioners several times, and she cried, thinking that she hadn't done well in her cultivation. I went with them to the post office, and as we were discussing which department we should send it to, a post office clerk reminded us that we had to include at least the last name of the recipient, if not the full name. Without a name, the letter wouldn't be delivered and would be returned. We realized that nothing happened by accident. It was likely Master giving us this hint. We decided not to mail the letter then and to find the name of the person in charge of the case. I also went back to the legal assistance website to see if there was a recommendation about where to mail the letter. I saw that it suggested that we mail copies of the letter to the police, the discipline department, and the Justice Bureau, in addition to the prosecutor. I searched online for those addresses, found them, and wrote them down. Jia and Ng found me two days later. We had all found the exact same names for the prosecutors in charge of their case. We felt happy about it and mailed the letter. The procuratorate didn't respond to the letter, but three months later, the prosecutor called Jia and Ng's family members and pressured them to sign her bail release notice. We suspected that the prosecutor still wanted to prosecute them, so we had to do something to keep the case from going to court. We mailed the letter to the prosecutor and the police again, adding another letter, urging them to dismiss the case. The prosecutor called Jia and Ng the day after we had mailed those letters, and the prosecutor showed them the notice signed by Jia's family and urged Ying to sign the notice herself. She refused to comply, telling the prosecutor that if she did sign it, it would become evidence of the prosecutor's involvement in the persecution, and that it wouldn't be good for him in the future if Falun Dafa was vindicated. Once he heard this, he didn't push the issue. Part 2. Drafting Another Truth Clarification Letter For the next five months, both Jia and Ying intensified their Fa study in Sending Righteous Thoughts, they also actively looked within to identify any attachments they needed to remove. Thinking that we shouldn't passively wait for the prosecutor to decide the outcome of the case, I offered to prepare another truth clarification letter for them. It happened that I was very busy with work at the time, and the timing was especially tight for me. This time, Ng was anxious and urged me to finish the letter in two days. I became upset and complained recalling how long she had waited after I finished the first letter, and now she wanted this one instantly. Before I got off work that day, Ng found me again and apologized for not considering whether I had had enough time to prepare the letter. I was touched. I also admired her for having the courage to file a lawsuit against former party president Jiang Zemin, even though she had just recently become a Dafa cultivator. 
We cooperated well this time, and she took the lead in directly clarifying the facts to the police and the prosecutor. While writing about this, I suddenly realized that it was Jia and Ying who provided me with opportunities to improve my Xinxing, instead of my having helped them. When conflicts arose, I just complained about them instead of working on myself. I lacked a practitioner's compassion and kindness. I must improve on this in the future. Although they'd stopped pressuring me, I still wanted to finish the letter as soon as possible. To my surprise, my supervisor suddenly arranged for me to take one day off, despite our busy schedule. I knew that Master was taking care of us all this time. On that day off, I first studied the Fa, and then went to the Minghui website to search for materials. The first letter I prepared focused on legal arguments. This time, I wrote the letter from the perspective of spiritual cultivation, attempting to inspire their inner kindness. I drafted the letter with information I'd found on Minghui. Jia and Ying also recommended I add information on how to overcome internet censorship and access overseas websites. When I finished doing the layout and printing the letter, it was already 11 p.m. Jia and Ying delivered the letter to the prosecutor in person two days later. Three weeks later, the prosecutor called them and told them to come pick up the notice dismissing their indictment and that it was effective immediately. I was truly happy for them. Master said in Fa Teaching given at the 2002 conference in Washington, D.C., quote, Wherever there's a problem, that is where you need to clarify the truth and save people. Don't take a detour when you run into difficulties. Unquote. During this process, we followed Master's teachings. We didn't consider ourselves victims of the persecution, but were clear about our mission. We are here to save them. If they understand the facts and make the right choice in the battle between good and evil, they are choosing a bright future for themselves. We are also deeply grateful for Master's protection and guidance on every step of this journey. I welcome fellow practitioners to point out anything not in line with the Fa. The following is an experience-sharing article entitled, I Was Asked Why I Practice Falun Dafa, by a Falun Dafa practitioner in China. The article was published on the Mingwe website on November 1, 2023. My husband once asked me why I practice Falun Dafa. I replied to assist Master Li Hongzhu, Falun Dafa's founder, with Fa rectification and fulfill my vows. He said my answer lacked sincerity as it sounded like I was reciting from a textbook. My husband had only been practicing Falun Dafa for three years since returning to the practice, so I added, I began the practice with the purpose of getting healthy. I then learned I could cultivate to reach enlightenment or consummation. I now realize that I made a vow to master and have a mission to fulfill. My husband was quiet. I began to practice Falun Dafa in 1997. My husband was also practicing at that time, but he stopped after the persecution began in 1999. He has given me a lot of chin-ching tests since then, but I didn't appreciate it 
until recent years. For more than 20 years, I rarely did all five sets of exercises every day. I typically did the sitting meditation one day, then the standing exercises the next. I let myself wake up naturally every morning and comforted myself by believing that I needed sleep because my job was demanding. My husband returned to Dafa practice amid the COVID outbreak. He required himself to sit with both legs crossed while studying the fa and set his alarm for the morning practice every day while working a full-time job. I hesitated to follow suit because I was worried that I wouldn't get enough sleep, although I was a veteran practitioner and didn't have to work anymore. My husband was on night shift every four days. I secretly looked forward to his night shift because I could wake up naturally the next morning by not setting the alarm. I didn't believe I was able to do what other practitioners did by having very little sleep. I refused to suffer hardship and didn't know the true meaning of cultivation. As I began to memorize the Fa in recent years, I came upon this section from Lecture 8 of Juan Fallen. Quote, Today we have made public to you this great practice. I have already delivered it to your doorstep. It is up to you whether you can practice cultivation and make it. If you can do it, you may continue your cultivation. If you cannot do it or cannot practice cultivation, from now on you can forget about practicing cultivation. Except for demons that will deceive you, nobody else will teach you. And in the future you will not be able to practice cultivation. Unquote. I couldn't stop crying after understanding this part of Master's Fa. I said in my heart, Master, I can do it. I must do it. How lucky I was to have obtained the Fa. I hated myself for letting Master down. How difficult it was for him to get us to become practitioners. When I was 19 years old, I almost drowned. I couldn't swim. So some people on a boat threw me a rope to save me. I grabbed hold and they began to pull, but the rope was slippery. I shouted in desperation, I can't hold on to it. Luckily, the end of the rope was tied in a knot. I clutched onto it with both hands and was finally pulled on board. After obtaining the fa, I realized Master was already watching over me at that time. Another time I studied the Fa and came up with this sentence from Lecture 8 of Juan Fallen. Quote, In the past, after climbing into a cave with the help of a rope, a practitioner would cut off the rope to practice in the cave. Unquote. The words cut off jumped out at me. I imagined how much courage it took for a practitioner to cut off the rope and how strong their determination and perseverance must have been back then. There was nothing in the cave, but Master's Dafa allows practitioners to cultivate among people in society. We need not live in temples, and we have access to food and enjoy heating and air conditioning, and yet I still slacked off. I was really in the wrong by going after ease and comfort so much. I was determined to cherish and grasp the remaining time to cultivate diligently. 
Every day, I now complete the five sets of exercises and do the second exercise for a full hour. I can feel Master's encouragement. My third eye is closed, so I can't see other dimensions, but I can feel them. The exercises opened my wisdom, and I can memorize the far faster. Talking to people about the persecution also became smoother, as if everyone I met had been arranged to wait for me. I come home feeling happy and can't stop humming Dafa songs. Master has said that all lives are riches. I know only by cultivating myself well can I awaken others. I claim to be a veteran Dafa practitioner and pick on my husband a lot. However, I realized this was my ego and came to understand Master had arranged for my husband to help me become diligent. The first time my husband sat with both legs crossed while studying the Fa, he was perspiring from the pain. Giving myself excuses for never trying, I exclaimed, Learning the Fa is more important. We now both sit with both legs crossed for the whole Fa study session. I want to cherish this opportunity to practice Dafa wholeheartedly. The world's people are waiting for us to awaken them. I have further understood how sacred the title Dafa Disciple is in the cosmos. In my opinion, doing the exercises is a must for practitioners because it's something we are supposed to do. In addition, we should increase the duration of sending forth righteous thoughts. Of course, with Fa study being a priority, a mechanism will form when we get used to this routine. I recently felt a strong rotation in my body each time I send forth righteous thoughts. I feel vigorous from the inside out. During the pandemic, a few members of my extended family had symptoms of COVID, but they disappeared within a few days. My 90-year-old mother, also a practitioner, had a few COVID symptoms, and they also vanished in a day or two. My mother studies Juan Fallen every day and is very healthy. She often says, Thank you, Master. I would like to thank Master on behalf of my entire family. Please kindly point out anything that is not in accordance with the Fa. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Minghui Radio Podcast. For more information, including news about the persecution of Falun Gong practitioners in China and experience sharing stories by practitioners around the world, please visit our website at en.minghui.org.